Writing descriptively doesn't just happen. It is a writing behavior that has to be learned and taught. I love descriptive writing and often post about it on Instagram, and they end up being some of my most popular posts. So I decided that I wanted to have an episode dedicated to descriptive writing and ways that you can teach it. If you are ready to hear some ideas that you can easily put into practice when you get back with your students, I will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. I am so grateful that you are here tuning in today. If you have not rated or left a review for this podcast, I would love it if you could take the time to do so. That really will help other teachers, even parents, help their students and their kids around the ideas of literacy. So when you leave a review, it's going to help share what this podcast is about, how it's impacted and changed your life, and what it can do for them. So thank you so much for being able to do that for me. I appreciate it more than you know. Now, if you tuned in last week, I had an incredible guest on the show. If you did not listen to episode 86, I would highly encourage you to go back and listen to it because I had a guest on. Her name is Anna Brecken, and she is a 15-year-old high school student. I have not had any students on the podcast before, but I tell you, the conversation she and I had was incredible. She spoke on three mistakes to avoid when teaching writing, and so this is coming from a student perspective. So if you have not listened to that episode, please go back and listen to it, and she had some great, great, great ideas to be able to share. Now this week, again, like I said, we're going to take a deep dive into descriptive writing. I am going to be giving you four ways that you can include this skill within your school day and within the interactions that you have with your students. This is going to be super helpful in giving them the necessary exposure, which is going to end up transferring over into their writing, which is what we all want as teachers. But the fact of the matter is, is that writing is hard. It's tricky. And again, writing descriptively doesn't just happen. It has to be taught. So I'm going to go into a few ways that you can be able to teach it, and we're going to just jump right in. So the first way that you can teach this is to simply use it. Try adding this descriptive language to your everyday words, dialogue, and language that you're using with your students. And then follow it up by asking students what those words mean. So to do this, you actually want to be intentional with the words that you choose to use. You want to try and intentionally find figurative language, find those different opportunities where you can use more expressive language in front of your students. Anytime you're having a one-on-one or a small group with students, you want to make sure that you can take every opportunity possible to use the language with them. And not only that, It's just about giving the kids opportunities for them to experience those phrases with you. 
you want to encourage your students to use that language as well. They're not going to just do this, though. You have to think about it. If they say something to you and it can actually lend itself to being said in a more descriptive way, you have to help them with that. You have to help plant that language so that they can be able to internalize it, they can repeat it, and hopefully they can be able to use that again once they've made that connection with that descriptive phrase, meaning whatever it was that they said. You almost want to just replace their sentence with the new language, and so I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So if a student came to you and you overheard them, like sometimes I love like listening in on student conversations. So if they're talking with a friend, I might just say, hey, I heard that you were just saying that you were tired yesterday. Did it feel like you haven't slept in a month? So you want to kind of give them that language and let them kind of think about it like, oh man, how would I feel if I didn't sleep in a month? I would be exhausted. Is that how you're feeling? Exhausted? So you want to just plant that language. But even if you're not overhearing them, if they're speaking to you or if it's a whole group type of situation, that is the best time where you can help replace the sentence with the more descriptive language. Another example is, You could just say, I heard that you said that you were hungry. Does it feel like you could eat an entire elephant right now? And of course, they're going to stop and be like, what? But an elephant is huge. Are you that hungry that you could eat the entire thing? Because that must mean that you're starving. Or maybe you could say, I heard you say that you were happy. Does it feel like your smile is stretching a mile wide? And with you smiling back at them, they're probably going to think about, Oh my gosh, well, yeah, I'm super, super happy. So that is what I mean when I say replacing their sentences and their language with the new language. We have to take it upon ourselves to help plant it there so that way they can hear it and then they can repeat it. When thinking about using it, another thing that you could do is think about your class videos. Anytime you are playing a video, whether it is someone that's narrating, If it's a dialogue, if it's a storyline, if it's something for indoor recess, whatever it is that you're playing, if you are previewing that first, which we should as teachers, we should always preview anything that we are about to show our kids before they actually see it, then you want to pay close attention to what is being said. You want to listen for when people are using the different types of expressions. You almost want to just pause the video to talk about it. We can't always assume that students know what that crazy figurative language means or what that crazy analogy or what the idiom means or what that simile or metaphor means. You just can't assume that. So I like to take time to really scan the video for those teaching moments where you can pause the video and talk about it. Take any moment where someone is speaking and using descriptive words and descriptive language to show kids that they can use it too. So whether you're talking, whether you are replacing your students talking and their sentences with descriptive language, or whether you're pulling it from people talking from the videos that you're showing, you want to be intentional of stopping, talking about what that means, and encouraging them to find a time in that day where they can use that phrase in meaning as well. The second idea is that you can show it. Give students an emotion. Let them play charades with it. You can draw attention to their facial expressions, their body movements, putting those words into action. 
An example of this is giving kids a card that says embarrassed and they have to act it out. Maybe there's one child acting it out like it is charades. And when someone guesses, they are going to have to share how they came up to that conclusion. Was it the hand gestures the child was using? Was it the eyes that were looking down? Was it the body moving inward, being bashful? Was it the legs that were kind of wobbly, shaky, maybe also kind of turning inward because that child is embarrassed? So whatever it is, kids love playing charades, and that's just one way that they have to think, how can I show this emotion happening to where my peers can be able to guess what I am feeling? So that's going to be super easy, just taking some index cards, keeping it whole, cutting them in half, writing some different emotions and feelings onto those cards, and letting students try it. Another example is that you can have all the kids acting it out as you say the word. So you would call out maybe what the word says on the card, or maybe you have the word in a book that you're reading, and you just stop and pause at that word. You call out that word, and you ask kids to act it out. What would it look like to be gleeful? What would it look like to be ill? What would it look like to be nervous? So whenever these words are coming up or these phrases are coming up, and those were more simple, the kids know those words, but even still, it's about being descriptive. So you want them to think about their five senses. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are, you, what are your hands doing? What are you feeling? What are you smelling? What are you tasting? It's all of these things that come into one, which help us to be descriptive. So that is something else that you can do, whether you have cards or whether you're finding a place in a book, you just want all of the kids to do it and you're scanning the room. As you're seeing students doing different actions, you're calling it out or maybe you're writing it down. And then when you come together, you can start bringing up these things and asking kids, why did you do that? And that experience is gonna help kids to see that these emotions and feelings can be acted out in a variety of ways and they can use their language to be able to show what's happening versus just telling it. Something else that you could do is you, as the teacher, can act it out. I loved doing this in the classroom because for this, I never used any words. I never used any words. I simply acted out how I was feeling. And I would have kids explain what they saw me doing. They would write it down on a sticky note. They would share it out. And then I would take those different actions and I would write it on a piece of chart paper so kids can reference it for later. But basically, my main question to them is, how is Miss Polk feeling? And how do you know? Sometimes I would just make up different emotions and I wanted to show them what it could look like, whether I'm stomping or maybe lightly slamming the door or putting something down or crossing my arms, scowling my face. But other times, I would really be acting out the true way that I felt. Maybe I got an email about another professional development at the end of the school day, and I just want to go home. So now I'm feeling some kind of way about it. They can see it in my face, and they can start putting together how I am feeling, and I like them to express how do they know. So this is one that I love to do because you're not actually using any words. It is really showing them how they can be able to put these actions into text. The third way that you can teach descriptive writing is by finding it. Find it. Be intentional with your read aloud, your mentor text. Here, you want to highlight words or add the phrase to a classroom poster that kids can refer back to. 
You can even have a running anchor chart that stays posted all year long. And every time you come across a phrase, you come across some type of descriptive language that an author did or that a student did or something that you said, if someone catches it, they can write it down and stick it to that chart. This is a great way to kind of just realize and understand that this language is all around us and we use it every single day. But this requires some planning. So you want to look for these opportunities where kids can see what authors have written and you want to discuss why did the author choose to write it that way? So where can you look? You might be wondering. You can look in your read-alouds. You can look in your guided reading text. You could even go on a figurative language hunt. So besides looking for phrases, you're now looking for specific figurative language, which automatically deems itself as being descriptive. You want to have kids add what they find to a sticky note. And again, that can go onto a chart somewhere in the room, or you can have them even keep a list in their own notebooks. This exposure is so key, and it also aids in assisting with reading comprehension. So I never miss opportunities where I can be intentional with helping kids to find where this language exists, because that's going to help them with understanding how it works and then using it themselves. The final way that I want to share about ways that kids can be able to write descriptively and the ways that you can teach it is by giving it. Give it to your students. This is anchor charts, resources that can help to scaffold their practice and their descriptive writing skills. Again, this is not something that kids just know how to do. They don't have the experience with it. They've not had enough exposure with it. They probably don't even know what some of the figurative language terms really actually mean. I'm saying if you ask them about onomatopoeia, can they tell you what an onomatopoeia does? what effect it has on the reader, how it can enhance your writing. If they can't, that is our key right there that we have to give them the scaffolds. So this is going to help when you are wanting kids to produce this descriptive writing. I know that is one of my goals, so this might be one of your goals too. So if you want them to produce the writing, you want them to show these things in their personal narrative text, in their informational text even. Descriptive language can live in all types of genres of text. So if you want it to be shown, you have to provide scaffolds and examples that they can borrow from, that they can draw from, and eventually, when they have this understanding down, they will not need those scaffolds anymore. So examples to this are adding charts to a descriptive writing wall. I know that wall space is limited, but when you think about skills that kids need to have enough access to, it might be worth it to just designate a certain part of your wall strictly for descriptive writing. Kids know where to go. They know where to find it. They can just go by and read it. This is a really, really powerful action. And on this wall, you can display what they found. You can print off a piece of text, highlight it, stick it in that area. You want kids to understand that they can see this and find it all over and they can use it. Another thing that you can do is you can add descriptive language to a binder. I literally call it descriptive language binder. And you can add that to your writing center as one of the resources that your kids can be able to access anytime they need it. In that binder, you're going to fill it with student examples. Did they come up with something that they said? Did you notice something and you say, oh my goodness, please go write that down? 
and let's stick that into our descriptive language binder. Maybe it's something students found in the text. Maybe it's something that was found in a mentor text that you read to them. Maybe it's in their small group text. Maybe it's in their independent reading text. Maybe it's part of an exemplar that you're showing them that someone wrote during writing. And we see it. We highlight it. We notate it. Anytime you find these examples, you will want to add it into the binder. You can also add anchor charts. Anchor charts that are like show, don't tell, or anchor charts that help them to get that more descriptive, crafty language that's better than those boring words. You also might decide that you want to give students their own mini version of these supports. And this way, they keep it in their notebooks. Kids can reference them at any time and kids can be held accountable versus asking you or just simply not including it at all. When they have access to the resource, I let them know, honestly, there's no reason why this should not be a part of your writing because you have so many examples. Let's work together to find what it is that you can be able to include to help make this a better experience for the reader because it's all about our audience. So with this, I just want to offer to you that descriptive language and descriptive writing, it is something that is tricky, but when kids start experiencing it, it changes the world for them. It opens up this whole new dynamic of words and language, and before you know it, you're going to have a whole classroom talking figuratively, and it's going to be the coolest thing ever. I love teaching descriptive writing and just using descriptive language Using it is going to be a game changer for your kids. And when you start seeing your students using and trying all of these things that they never did before, you're going to know that you had a hand in that. So as a recap, the four ways that you can teach descriptive writing to your students is to use it. Use it in your everyday language and encourage them to use it too. Find it in anything that is dialogue and point it out. Show it. Show it with your actions and let kids act it out as well. Find it in text that you're reading. Find it in places where kids are going to interact with words and language. And finally, give it to your students. Give it to your students by way of reference charts for quick access. This can be anchor charts. I am telling you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know how much I love printing mini. And printing resources at a mini, small size for students, it's intentional. It's right at their fingertips. It's not overwhelming. And it opens up this big world for students in a way that they probably have not had it before. If you are in need of supports for descriptive writing techniques like show, don't tell, the figurative language, understanding what this is and examples of it, Using better word choices like synonyms for those common words that kids repeat over and over again that we as teachers are tired of reading. Maybe creative ways to begin and end the writing, which is writing hooks or writing leads and conclusions. I have a bundle that you might want to check out. It is a descriptive writing bundle. It has those five skills inside and everything that you need for you to expose your students to this type of language and for them to have a smaller copy of their own so they can refer to this type of language. Any types of references that you show your students, whether you make an anchor chart, whether you find an anchor chart somewhere, you can still take photos of it, shrink it down, make it mini, and put it inside of their notebooks. But if you are wanting some already done-for-you descriptive language supports like the ones that I mentioned, 
be sure to head to the link in my show notes so that you can be able to check out that descriptive writing bundle and already be ready to support your kids on day one. If you have any questions about descriptive language, descriptive writing, I would love to talk to you about it. The best way to reach me is by sending me a DM on Instagram at The Literacy Dive, and we can definitely continue this conversation over there. I love talking writing, and any way that you can be able to support your students with this skill, I am happy to walk you through. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I cannot wait to be back with you next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.